Special guest host for the evening, Brent Sullivan. Um, you guys, uh, you guys feeling good? <laughs> when I like to host, I generally like to start things off with what I call a little bit of uncomfortable crowd work. Everyone, <laughs> so um, so let's get started. <laughs> How you guys doing? You good? Anyone have anything you want to share? Anything? Okay. Um, yeah. What What happened? I think I'm the only person wearing shorts in the room. You're the only. That's a yeah. And you're probably the only one with a adorable British accent uh, as well. Oh yeah, I forgot about that. That's right. Good for you. I think we're done with him. Um, that's su- sufficient. Did anyone get uh, anyone get drunk last night, or any alcoholics in the crowd? Or <laughs> what'd you say? <laughs> Duh, what? I actually didn't hear you. I didn't hear what you said. Liars. Oh, oh, oh! They're liars. Yes, that's that's how I feel too. Uh, did you get drunk last night? No. Okay. So then, all right. Yeah. So what is happening uh, with this? Did you want to get drunk? Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh huh. Are they are they good friends though? For talking you down from drinking? Were you you were with friends on a Monday night? Pretty social guy. Pretty uh pretty cool. Alright, we're done with all this, I think. No more crowd work maybe. Uh again, I'm not very good at it, so But I do appreciate your participation nonetheless, everyone. Um <clears throat> Well, this is the show, guys. This is it. I'll tell you a little bit about myself. Uh, I cry <laughs> way too much. Uh, and I know you see me up here on stage in my slim fit. <laughs> Uniqlo jeans. My light blue. Hipster hoodie. And you say, how could this guy possibly be such an emotional train wreck? So I like to have a competition with the audience. In a minute, I'm going to have everyone raise their hand. I will explain an event that's happened to me. If it has also happened to you, keep your hand in the air. If it is not, put your hand down. And in the end, I think we will know who is the king and or queen of emotionality, everyone. Uh, so we're going to play three rounds. Let's go. Everyone, hands in the air. <clears throat> uh, how many people here were held back in kindergarten? Because they were emotionally behind. Ooh. All right. Start things off with a bang. Uh, 
They don't hold someone back on kindergarten unless they're absolutely sure they're making the right choice. Uh, and I had this thing where I hated being disconnected from my mom for any length of time. So I would do whatever it would take to be reunited with her again. Like, remember those kids who came to school, like, just to throw up? <laughs> remember them? Juice stain on their lip. A rat tailing back. That was me. I never won. That was round one. I think uh, maybe vaguely tied for first place with uh, someone on the right. Put your hands in the air, everyone. How many people here, upon finding out that their neighbor's dog had died, creeped everyone out by crying more than the neighbors? <laughs> two for two. Two for two. In my defense, my neighbors are cold, heartless bastards. <laughs> and I have an unhealthy attachment to literally every single dog I've ever seen in my entire life. <laughs> Fun fact about me, the closest I ever came to a fist fight was in Silver Lake when a guy wouldn't let me pet his dog. <laughs> Everyone here, throw yo hands in the air. <clears throat> How many people here once cried during a job interview? <laughs> Fuck you, I win. <clears throat> I had had a, a really long day. And the guy doing the interview looked like my grandfather. Who was still alive. Um, <laughs> I don't know why that was such a big deal, but it was. <clears throat> I'm, uh, I'm from Michigan originally. Uh, yeah, there you go. Thanks. Thank you for the thumbs up, sir. I appreciate that. For the rest of you who might not have been there, uh, it is a garbage state. Uh, <laughs> in the Midwest. Uh, I can summarize... 22 years of experience in Michigan with one story. I was at a Chinese food restaurant as a kid and I overheard the, the, the woman at the table next to me say to the waiter, what kind of Chinese restaurant doesn't have ranch dressing? So... <laughs> I just never go there. Uh, maybe as long as you live, that would be my suggestion. Um, I've been seeing uh, the same therapist... Uh, about three years. Hate to brag. <laughs> and uh, I decided to make small talk before our most recent session, and I asked him uh, what neighborhood in L.A. he lives in, uh, and he told me, quote, I don't feel comfortable telling you that. <laughs> well, that's the new lowest point of my entire life. <laughs> Perhaps the man who knows me, I don't know, best in the world, <laughs> thinks I'm such a frothing lunatic, I can't be trusted with vague geographic information. <laughs> if I've admitted to you that my first wet dream was to Bob Vila, the least you could say is downtown. <laughs> Yeah.
Don't have any Vila heads in the audience tonight. You guys seemed particularly disturbed. I think he's got a nice beard. I'm just saying. And, uh, you know, I'm going to have to ask all of you to leave. Um, I've, uh, I've been in L.A. for a little while now, and it's fine. I feel like in L.A., uh, <clears throat> everyone always talks about, uh, like, movies and shit, and I feel like I'm kind of a dum-dum when it comes to movies. Like, I never get symbolism or metaphors or whatever the other words are that they use to, <laughs> to convey things subtly. Uh, like, I was talking to a friend once. We were talking about Silence of the Lambs. And he was like, you know that scene in the movie where the bad guy, he puts his penis and testicles between his legs. That's supposed to represent his metamorphosis from crazy to completely unhinged. I was like, oh, is that what that meant? Because I did that yesterday. (laughs) And uh, I walked around the kitchen. showed my roommate. It's actually called the Easter Basket. It has a name. Um, it's fun, though. Uh, I'm a bit of a hypochondriac. I found, <laughs> I found uh, a list on my phone of things to talk to my doctor about. Um... And because I, I make whole like entire lists of stuff because I, I panic and I think I'm dying. My favorite thing was uh, it just said the word diarrhea. Um, and actually, as a, a bit of a backstory, um, so historically, I have like a ton of diarrhea. Uh, and then recently, like out of the blue, it just stopped. And that really worried me. Um, <laughs> Like, am I dying, you know? <clears throat> Guess I'll find out on Tuesday. Um, uh, oh, I forget what I was going to say. It was something uh, pretty good, though, I think. Uh, um, the, uh, oh, fuck, I really forget how to... And that diarrhea thing was just so good. <laughs> Jesus. Okay. Um, well, I guess I'll tell you this then. Uh, uh, like when I was uh, like the last like two weeks of, uh, of my heterosexuality, like right before I came out of the closet, uh, I just convinced myself I was really attracted to female bodybuilders. Um, which is adorable. Uh, also a bit of a tough sell. Because uh, that would be like over at my friend's places like on sleepovers and stuff they would be looking at pictures of like Britney Spears on the internet they'd be like oh my god she's so hot and I'd be like yeah right 
You've never even seen Carol Shemansky. <laughs> the Latvian gladiator. And they'd be like, who? And then I would, I would pull up a picture of just like this beast. <laughs> like eating a fence. She was always eating a fence. And I'd be like, she's perfect. I'd be like, mm. okay, faggot. Um, you know what, guys? Are you ready? Uh, you ready to kick off your show? Let's. I mean, honestly, let's show a little bit more enthusiasm. We have such a great show ahead of you guys. Are you ready for your first act tonight? Uh, she's so funny. Everyone, please welcome the stage. Molly Rubin Long. Molly. Hello. Um, so like many young people today, I am very underemployed. Uh, I am so underemployed that I was recently at a party with a bunch of my friends who have jobs with like salaries or whatever. And um, <laughs> they told me that the week before, Everyone I was friends with on LinkedIn received an email that said, congratulate Molly on her work anniversary. Five years at none. <laughs> so in that financial state, I decided to take a trip to New York City, you know, just to prove I can't make it anywhere. All right. Um, but I, I went to New York and I was so nervous about finding a place to stay because everything's so expensive there, you know. But I ended up finding this ridiculous Airbnb. It was in this really cute neighborhood in Brooklyn with this very sweet older couple. And at the end of my stay, they were like, look, Molly, all you have to do to pay us back is just organize our Tupperware cabinet <laughs> and continue our legacy after we die. It was my parents. Um, <laughs> I joke, but la last year actually was a really good year professionally for both me and my mom. In some crazy coincidence, on the exact same day that my mom achieved her you know, career goal of, of becoming a judge in New York City, that exact same day, I got too high and burned my thumb on a candle while setting the mood to masturbate. Thank you. Just a couple of career gals making it big, you know? <laughs> I think I'm still holding on to that American dream, you know, of starting my own business, right? That's what we all want, be our own boss, have our own hours. But I think if I did start my own business, I'd want it to be an overtly feminist business, you know, just so they know what they're getting into, right? So I actually have two business ideas that I'm going to pitch to you guys tonight, all right? So just pretend that this is Shark Tank, but you're all Lori Grenier, so you can accept my woman ideas. Here we go. All right, the first business idea is a cookbook. It's a feminist cookbook called, this is what a feminist cooks like. <laughs> but it's just a series of photos of me heating up frozen burritos at three in the morning. <laughs> Good, a couple investors. All right. And uh, okay, here's my second business idea, you guys. It's a, it's a bike shop, a feminist bike shop called Synced Up Cycles. <laughs> but you have to be bleeding to enter, so I stab all men at the door. <laughs> Now, fellas, some of you got a little nervous there. <laughs> Don't worry. When the revolution comes, we will spare you. <laughs> if you've eaten enough vagine, you know what I mean? All right. We have a shared Google Doc. We're keeping track of your hours, so. 
No, I really need those investments to come through because uh, I was I was actually just let go from my relationship. Um, I was dumped. You know, it sucks to get dumped always, right? But I got over it fast, you guys. I got over it once I realized that marriage is just a game of chicken to see who's going to get Alzheimer's first, you know? <laughs> Nothing I need to be a part of. Um, I've also been very successful as a single woman, you know, getting that big D. <laughs> but uh, you, you got to be careful, like, even when you're just sleeping around having fun, not to get you know, attached, right? Like, I don't know if you guys know this. This is true. I, I recently read an article that said, uh, that said every time a man has sex with a woman, it releases a hormone in her that makes her listen to every podcast he's ever been on. <laughs> it's true. Um, I currently live in New Orleans, Louisiana. Uh, great town, great town to be single. I, I love New Orleans because we got so much going on there. Like every night of the week, there's good food, good music, jazzy gun violence. We got it all. Um, <laughs> no, there is a lot. Every night of the week, choices of so many things to do. And I love that about New Orleans. Like, like I love choices, you know. <laughs> you could say I am pro-choices. <laughs> You know, just like ones I make every day. Like, should I choose to take that guy home? Yeah. <laughs> should I choose to make him wear a condom? No. <laughs> should, should I choose to spend nine months sober and viciously gassy while a bunch of cells claw their way through my uterus till they're ready to come out of a hole this big? Which, of course, they can't. So they're going to rip my flesh on the way out. And then when they come out, a crying, screaming monster covered in my innards, I'm fiscally and emotionally responsible for them for at least 18 years. Nowadays, more like 30. Look around. And... Uh, <laughs> At that point, they have their own choice to make, right? They can choose whether or not to blame all of their problems on me. <laughs> or I could choose to spend 45 minutes at Planned Parenthood. You know, choices I make every day, you guys. Everyday choices. <laughs> now, don't worry, all right? I'm not going to get that done where I live in Louisiana. No. <laughs> I'm going to take that abortion underground railroad right up north to freedom. Because... <laughs> uh, Unfortunately, Louisiana was named the worst state in which to be a woman. That's the secret ingredient in that gumbo, misogyny. That's what that is. Gives a little kick. Uh, no. <laughs> but I th you know, I think it says something about women who are still living in Louisiana, you know, like, we like a challenge. <laughs> but sure, I could live in California or Massachusetts. No, I'm going to pick my state like I pick my men, broke and disregarding all my civil liberties. <laughs> I do, I do love living in New Orleans, though. I, I always remember just how much I love it when I go into the gym that I belong to there. My gym, this is 100% true, has a bar and a lounge. So you can get drunk, take a nap, and be like, oof, what a workout. <laughs> you know? It's really my kind of gym. Um, it's also amazing because it's been a gym and athletic club in the heart of the French Quarter in New Orleans, Louisiana, for 150 years. Like, that's, yeah, that's cool, right? Like, how many gyms have that kind of history, you know? Like, when I'm on the treadmill, I can just hear the ghosts of the founding members being like, like, what the hell are women and black people doing here? <laughs> that was not the intention of this Louisiana Athletic Club. <laughs> I think the only women allowed in the original like athletic club there was was just you know women like smuggled in to give blowjobs in the sauna or something. You know, which <laughs> is like not why I'm at the gym nine times out of ten, right? <laughs> Special occasions. <laughs> 
No. Living in the South is weird. I'm not originally from there. I, I visit places I would never thought I would visit. You know, I recently went to Mississippi. And I think I was drawn to Mississippi because of this, like, regional uh, tourism board advertisement that was playing on Hulu. <laughs> it was like, I'm just going to describe it to you guys. It was like, uh, it opened in this grand theater with this, this middle-aged white dude with a silky black button-down shirt twirling around with a guitar. And he's like, uh, good news, Mississippi's having a homecoming party. Whether you've been fans of our food or our music, bring a friend, bring a bag, and come on down. It's going to be Saturday night all year long. And there's like this jazzy song that's like, I don't know what you're going to do. And I'm like, go to Mississippi? Like, that, <laughs> that sounds fun, you know? And the, that, that commercial always got me so hyped. And I think my favorite part of it is when they're like, it's going to be Saturday night all year long. Like, that is just Mississippi admitting that everyone there is drunk and unemployed, right? Like, like we have nowhere to be tomorrow for 365 tomorrows. <laughs> Great. Uh, I love it. Mississippi's good. I love the food there. I, uh, I, I went to Mississippi and I got recommendations of places to eat and surprisingly was recommended to uh, a Japanese place and a Thai place, both of which were incredible. And I was like, that's very surprising to me. Like, I would never assume I'd go to Mississippi and have some of the best Asian food I've ever had. You know, like, that's going to, Bo- like, like going to Boston and meeting anyone you like, you know? It's just <laughs> surprising, you know? <laughs> I'll leave you guys with this to remember me by. Um, my name is Molly. <laughs> like the drug. All right. Um, which is weird. Like, my age, my name's Molly, which means my dad's Irish and, like, wanted to tell people. You know? Like, if you meet someone in 20 years named Molly, you know their parents met at Burning Man and have magic Skrillex tattoos, right? Like, it's not a good look anymore. But, um, but I think, you know, I think a name is not the only thing I have in common with MDMA, okay? Because when a man first takes me, he is also driven to sudden bouts of euphoria. Uh-oh. <laughs> and if he's not careful, he'll wake up the next morning with a tight jaw. Because <laughs> I got a real tough vagina. Thank you guys so much. Guys, uh, keep it going for Molly. All right, we're going to keep the show moving. Coming to the station next is a super funny guy. Lives in New York, originally from Chicago. Everyone, please welcome Joel Kim Booster. Joel. Thank you guys so much. Keep it going for Brent. Oh, so brave. So much crying. Oh, you guys, I'm so happy uh, to be here in L.A. right now. Like, especially happy because I did get dumped two days before I came here. So very exciting for me to be able to escape to the city where I'm objectively the ugliest uh, that I've ever been in any other place in the country. So pretty convenient for me. Really? No pity laughter for that one. Um... Really not making it easier <laughs> on me. No, but I mean, LA is great um, because for breakups because like I, I rented a car for the first time since I've been out here, and it's just such a wonderfully convenient like convertible cry box. You know, like no one <laughs> needs to ask any questions. Unlike in New York, where like everyone is like, oh well, how long? were you guys together? And I was always have to be like, oh, not long enough to be crying this violently in a Jamba Juice, you know? Like, that's all you need to know. It was certainly not this serious. Um, 
literally last night I was doing fine. Like I was finally like over that initial hump and I was like feeling a lot better scrolling through Facebook and my friend posted a cover of her playing um, I Can't Make You Love Me on the ukulele and I was like oh, it had never occurred to me to feel this awful uh, until now. Thank you. <laughs> oh, that song. Who here has cried to that song? Wow, you guys are unsupportive as fuck. <laughs> How dare you? Really? That shit is beautiful, yo. That shit is beautiful. Um, it's fine, though. It's fine. I'm doing okay. I, I, I hopefully will. I'm already having a better year than 2015. 2015, I fucked four Dans. Uh, all... <laughs> All in relationships or otherwise unavailable. So, crossing my fingers for a non-Anglo name, you know? Uh, in 2016. 2015, though, was like, I think, uh, not for me, but for like gay men, gay people in general, was like a pretty good year. Like, gay marriage got legalized, which was pretty cool. Um, oh, so grateful that the Allies came out tonight in L.A. Um, God bless you. Mwah. Um, uh, and then right there, like the tail end of the year, the FDA lifted their ban on gay men donating blood, which was pretty cool. Okay, good. You were hesitant. Nope. Well, that was a trap. Uh, you see, I wanted that, but you shouldn't have done it. Because the thing is, is that it came with all these specifications, uh, mainly that uh, only gay men who have been celibate for over a year can donate blood. So... Have fun with all your nerd blood, FDA! Because <laughs> uh, you ain't getting any of mine. Let's just put it that way. I fuck hella dudes and my blood is clean as shit, yo. <laughs> uh, just a quick side note. No one's blood is dirty. Please stay after the show for my think piece. Uh, I just don't want you guys to think I'm problematic in any way at all. Um, very difficult. Let's just... Um, uh, address the elephant in the room really quickly as well. Uh, my name, it's very strange. It does not make any sense at all. Joel Kim Booster. You know, what is that? Joel up top, that's pretty Jewish. Doesn't make any sense at all. Uh, Kim in the middle, that seems closer. Uh, <laughs> and then Booster right there at the end, well, that's just a word, you know? Uh, that's not... <laughs> you can just throw anything right there at the end. Uh, but that's what they did. Uh, yeah, Joel Kim Booster. The reason I have this weird name is because I was adopted in the mid-'80s by a nice white Midwestern couple uh, because Korea in the mid-'80s, it was the grub-hub of babies. You know, they would just fly a baby straight to your door, no questions asked, no fees. I was delivered by a very grumpy man on a bike. Um, <laughs> forgot my mom's Pepsi, you know? Um, would not go back for it. Um, they gave her a coupon. Uh, but no, it was weird growing up in, in the Midwest with this face and a white family because, like, I mean, I knew I was gay before I knew I was Asian, you know? And uh, it came as quite a shock uh, when I finally found out. And the funny thing is, too, like, we talk so much in this country about how racist the South is, you know, how it's the most racist part of our country. But I can tell you with full authority that the Midwest is just as racist as the South. It just has none of the personality, you know? Like, it's just all the hatred and violence, but no sweet tea, you know? So, uh, what are we doing? <laughs> Seems kind of dumb. Um, 
I know a lot about the South, too. Like, both my parents are from the South. My mom, she's a real Southern lady. She's one of these ladies who thinks that my generation, while we just got too many participation trophies, and that's why we are the way we are, you know, gay. Uh, But on the flip side of that coin, my mom is also like, oh, no, 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 ma'am, you cannot take that Robert E. Lee statue down from my college campus. No, thank you. And it's like, mom... Those are like history's greatest participation trophies. You know, like, what are we celebrating? Um, You lost. Not as hard of a laugh as I wanted because there probably aren't as many people who went to college in the audience as I would like. Um, It's getting really expensive. Uh, It is. No, uh, both of my parents, they're also Southern Baptists, uh, very evangelical, very Christian, very Trump 2016, very hidden from my newsfeed right now. Uh, Yes, they are so Christian that... Uh, they homeschooled me until I was 16 years old because they did not, yes, because they did not want me learning about sex or evolution. And it's just like a fun fringe benefit. Now I don't know about states either. So that's cool, you know, like just not knowing geography at all. Um, it's pretty cool. Fun fact I am a nationally ranked Bible quizzer, but I have never used a condom, you know, so arguably the most popular Bible quizzer that's ever lived. Uh, <laughs> truly. Uh, it's a lot of fun. My dad is like, is like really serious about it. He is sort of like an amateur pastor of sorts. Like, sort of like an open mic pastor, if you will. Um, you know, we would have like church in our home a lot. And I remember um, I was such a, a, like a shit as a kid. Like I, we had such an outrageous fight when I was 13 that he tried to exercise me in the middle of the fight. Uh, and um, when I realized what he was doing, I just started to laugh maniacally in his face, which in hindsight did not help my case, you know? Um, That actually seems like something a demon might do uh, in that situation. (laughs) Very strange. They did not take it super well when I came out either, mostly because I did not come out to them traditionally. They read my journal when I was a senior in high school, which at that point was less of like an introspective journal and more of just like a fun BuzzFeed list of guys' dicks I was sucking at the time, you know? Like, like very viral, very like, my sexual awakening is told in Jurassic Park gifts, you know? Um, very interesting stuff. Um, I'll get out of here on this. Like, I've been having a lot of fun in L.A., um, learning your neighborhoods. Like, I went to Silver Lake, which I'm not from here, but it, like, seems awful. Um, You know, like, I don't know. Like, I belong there, but it's bad, you know? Like, and I get that about me. Like, um, you might have noticed I have a wrist tattoo because I am an artist. Um... But I find our relationship, my generation's relationship to tattoos, like, very strange. Like, we're always, like, ashamed of them. Like, everyone's just like, oh, this, this is, it's just my dead mom's face. It's so dumb. You know, like, oh, I hate it. Like, you know. And this is never more, like, like, real for me than the other day. I was in Silver Lake at a restaurant, and this waiter came up to me, and he had a neck tattoo that just said Julia in cursive. And I was like, why? You know, so I asked him, and I was like, who's Julia? And he was like, oh, Julia is my ex-girlfriend, but thanks for asking. And I was like, 
Oh, no, this isn't my fault. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> no, this is on you. <laughs> you see, when you broke up with Julia, you broke up with the next Derek. Um, so put on a scarf. I'm Joel Kim Booster. Thank you so much. show moving come to the stage next she's so funny and talented everyone please welcome Lydia Popovich Lydia hey oh hey I'm so happy to be here I like saying hey all hey though because it just makes me seem quaint as fuck you know what I mean like I'm from the south or something I'm not from the south I'm from here that's true tax time people how many responsible people in here? Who's done them? One guy. The rest of you are like, no, me also. I also did them. Last year was the very first year that I filed my taxes on time. Yeah, I know. And I did that shit myself. That's right. With a pen and a paper. Didn't even use TurboTax. Got in there. Fucking added and subtracted some shit. I don't know if it was right, but all I know is that the government sent me a motherfucking check. Woo! I had no idea. Someone should have told me that shit. I would have been filing it on time like forever. You know? But I got that money and I was so excited and I felt like such a grown-up. I felt like such an adult. And I was like, I'm going to be responsible. I'm going to do something that has meaning. I'm not just going to spend this on like shoes and weed. You know? Like, that's what I spend my money on. But I was like, this? No! This I'm going to do some shit with. So me and my friend were talking about taking a trip to Berlin, Germany. And we decided, let's fucking do it. Let's do this. We're going to go to Berlin, Germany. And because I had a little bit of extra bread and because I'm fancy, I decided to look in and see how much it costs to fly first class. Yeah. You go ahead and laugh, player, but guess who fucking got a first class ticket? This bitch! I did! I got a first class ticket to Berlin, Germany. Found myself a really good deal. Thought it was fake. Bought it. It worked. It was amazing. Uh... Hot tip, if you've never flown first class internationally, fucking do it. It's great. Uh, totally worth the money. I totally understand the hype now. Like, there are so many amenities, and that shit starts as soon as you get on the plane. Before your butt even hits the seat, there's someone shoving an actual glass of champagne right into your hand. It's like, oh, thank you. I didn't need this to sit down. This helps. Thanks. But after the champagne service, they did something really weird that I have never experienced before or even knew that was a thing. They started walking around and offering people pajamas. They were like, would you like some pajamas? Would you like pajamas? Would you like a sleep suit? Would you like some pajamas? Would you like jammies? Jammies, do you want some pajamas? And like everybody is taking these pajamas and going into the bathroom and changing their clothes and like slowly, one by one, everyone in that area is wearing the same outfit. <laughs> like black pants, black shirt. And, like, that's just not the kind of shit you want to see on a flight to Germany. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? I was like, oh, shit, is this why my ticket was so cheap? Am I the only person of color on this flight? Am I going to die? Like, terrified. But there was one person besides myself who did not take those pajamas, and he was seated directly across from me. And I was already well aware of his existence uh, because, ladies, I'm not going to lie, he was attractive. <laughs> um, like, attractive. Like, the kind of attractive where they have that like perfect skin that looks like it's been carved out of cream cheese or butter. You know what I mean? Like, not a hair out of place. You know, like he had seen Superman at TSA, punched him in the face, took his hair, and was like, this is mine now. <laughs> 
And he had on a sweater that was so soft I could hear it. It was fucking taunting me. Just cashmere, cashmere, cashmere. And I'm looking at this dude and I'm trying to figure out what my opening line's gonna be because you guys, it's a 10 hour flight, like there's time, you know? I'm about to give this guy my opener and I'm looking at him and he does something remarkable. He takes his finger and he shoves it directly into his nose and then directly into his mouth and then makes direct eye contact with me. Bam, 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 bam. This gentleman picked his nose, ate his boogers and then chomped him up, staring right at my lady face. Unapologetically, confidently even, boasting. an adult, balling it up, flicking it away, rubbing it under a table, sticking your hand in your pocket, handle it like an adult! You don't fucking stick it in your mouth and then stare at my lady face and just chomp them right up. Bump, 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 bump. Fucking gross. But in his second round of boogers, yes. Second round, y'all. During the second round, as he's staring at me, I had an epiphany. Like shit just changed. I'm staring at this guy, enjoying his own excrement. I don't, what, just chewing up his own shit, you know what I mean? And I'm looking at him, and then it occurs to me, oh, fuck. That's how rich I want to be. <laughs> right? Like, for real, though. Like, I want to be so rich, I can pick my nose, eat my boogers, stare directly at a stranger, chew him up, and not give a fuck. Do you know how much money that is? I don't. Want to find out? So now when anybody asks me, like, how do you define success? When, when will you be successful? And I'm like, easy. I'm not stopping until I'm booger-eating rich. That's it. So I can eat a bowl full of, like, bran flakes and just wave at my neighbor on my porch. I ain't stopping. Give me all that money love money <laughs> I'm a lady obviously I, li- I like being a woman I do I really do uh, a lot of weird feminist shit going on right now I feel like it's just like it's, it's a little too much I, I just I'm a feminist I like to do my own shit but I, I think about things differently uh, like I would never want to be a man don't be wrong never in a million years would I want to be a man don't care that you get paid 30 more cents on the dollar. Don't care that you're automatically respected as soon as you open your mouths and say anything. Don't care! Uh, because I know that I'm a woman, and just by being a woman, I'm already 90% better than like anything on this planet. Like, I know that shit. Like, I know it. I don't need you to tell me that shit. Like, I know it. You know? And I have everything I need to achieve all my hopes and dreams. Everything. Every woman has everything they need. That's right. Talking about titties. Titties make the world go round. They do. I don't care if you got bee stings or big old National Geographic swangers. If you have titties, bitch, the world is yours. You got the keys to the city dangling from your chest. Big, seductive, pendulous keys. Do you know how many doors these open for me? All of the doors. It's fucking incredible. I haven't touched trash since 2010. I'm serious. You got titties, you're walking around this world doing basic ass shit like touching doorknobs, 
lifting heavy things, fixing broken stuff. What the fuck is wrong with you? They'll give you titties. They'll give you titties. You can get shit done. God even went the extra mile in making men stupid so they work better. It's basic. Now, gentlemen, I see you in here, and some of you went dark on me, and that's fine. You know, now you know what it feels like to be a woman. <laughs> But here's the situation, like they're really easy to use. And like, I see a few confused bitches in this audience and like, I get it. Uh, let me just, I just want to stop though because like most of you people that look at me confused are unconfident hoes and y'all don't make sense to me. I don't understand. Like, yes, I was fortunate enough who had a dad who loved me, not too much, just enough. But like, I'm confident as fuck. Like, why shouldn't you be? Like, I just want bitches to get information, bitch. Get information, get a leotard, the revolution is coming. <laughs> Know how to use your titties, because men can't resist them. All you gotta do is find a man. Bam, there's one right there. It's so easy. All you gotta do is make eye contact. He familiar, he knows what's up. This is gonna go fine. This is gonna be fine. You make eye contact. Don't stop until you make that eye contact. Once you do, that's when you start. You need to lean in. Oh, wait, wait, half a second, half a second. That's all it takes, ladies. As soon as this gate drops, start shaking, start shaking. Ask for whatever you want. Because all he's gonna say is, okay. And men don't have an equivalent. They don't. Men can't be in a club like their fly unzipped. <laughs> a little bit of ball cleave just hanging out. You know, all like, I look amazing. Who's gonna buy me a Corona? Like, nah. <laughs> it's not gonna happen. Like, no dude is at home like shoving him awkwardly into pants and putting glitter on top. Like, that's not, you know? You know why? Because balls are fucking gross. <laughs> balls are weird. They're all wrinkly and smooth at the same time. <laughs> Always a little damp, regardless of the situation. <laughs> Never in the history of balls has any woman ever seen a pair and been like, hey. <laughs> Sup? Let me get at them nuts. <laughs> That's right. It's not a fucking thing. Titties? Everybody loves titties. <laughs> Wrinkly or smooth, not a problem. <laughs> little damp, who cares? Sometimes better. <laughs> Men, women, children, dogs, fucking rocks, ants, babies, uncles, grandmas, everybody loves titties. <laughs> everybody, when they see a pair, thinks, hmm. <laughs> and honestly, you guys, these aren't even jokes. <laughs> not, it's not, it's just fat. This is just facts about tits. I just like to consider, you know, this part of my act. Sometimes when I leave, just close on like a mini traveling TED talk on the power of breasts. <laughs> I just want to empower bitches, you know? I just want you to have the confidence level I have, you know, which is Jolene. I will take your man just because I can. <laughs> my name is Lydia Popovich. Thank you so much. Lydia, guys, come on. All right. And again, we're going to keep the show moving, everyone. You ready for your next performer? Uh, super funny. He's in town from Atlanta. Everyone, please welcome David Perdue. David. Woo! Who me? All right. Let me get a good look. Okay, this is good. Y'all are good looking people. Give it up for yourself. Just being good looking people. You guys, you guys look like you have like front and backyards. Is that what's, what's you're working with here? You guys, you guys look like you know people that recycle regularly. Uh, is that? 
guys look like, I don't know, like you, like you know people that like ride bicycles with helmets. Is that? Yeah. It's like, you guys like you still have goals. Anybody, who, who still got goals? You got goals? You got those? Who's still working on their like New Year's resolution? Who's still like going to the gym? Who's still doing all that stuff? It's a couple overachievers over here. Just still, still being good people. That's what's up. I, I don't even, I don't even have goals this year. Is that, is that, can I say that? I don't have any. I don't have any goals for 2016. Uh, it's because I achieved all my goals last year. Anybody have that problem? Just did everything you wanted. Some of y'all look at me like, what are your goals, dude? Uh, I'll share. Uh, when I started comedy, I had one goal. Uh, my goal was to be more beloved than Bill Cosby. And then, <laughs> like last year, it was crazy. I was just minding my business. Bill Cosby threw me an alley-oop. I dunked it. I don't know what to do with myself now. Whoa. I don't know what's going on. I'm just, this is for fun. This is for shits and giggles now, guys. I don't, I don't even care about comedy anymore. I won. No. Uh, I, I, had a, I had a moment the other day where I, I became like, you ever had a moment where you're like, I'm an adult now? You ever had that moment where I'm an adult? And then I had, it was like almost like the saddest moment I've ever had in my life. <laughs> Some of y'all, I'll share the moment. I'll be, I'll be real with y'all. Y'all seem like cool people. Uh, it was the moment that I decided not to wear uh, basketball shorts under my jeans. <laughs> Anybody? Anybody else had it? Yeah. Yeah, I was just like, I don't, I don't, I don't think a pickup game is going to happen today. <laughs> yeah. 29 years old. Just figured that out. I hadn't stepped on a basketball court in over 10 years. I hadn't bought a pair of basketball shoes in 12 years. But I was still wearing basketball shorts under my jeans like, maybe they'll call me. Uh, <laughs> ah, I'm getting too old. I'm 29. I know I don't look it. I'm 29 years old. And this is all right. Black does not crack. I, in fact, um, I'm 20. I realize I'm, I'm getting like older than I like. I'm hanging around too many. Let me be honest. I'm hanging around too many young white people. Uh, <laughs> I am. And I say that because I didn't think I was, and I had this moment, I was like at a bar, and I was hanging out, and then I saw this girl, this, cu this couple was like, this is what they were doing. The girl was twerking on the dude, which is fine, people twerk, I understand, right? But while she was twerking, uh, her and the dude were like trying to make out. Do you guys know how bodies work? Do you understand what was seeing? There's a this thing happening, and then this thing happening, and this is when I realized I was too old, because this is what I did. I got so frustrated with what I was seeing, and I was just like in the middle of the bar, I was like, hey, hey, pick one. Can't do both. I'm gonna break her neck. I just got so upset. And I just backed away. I was like, ugh. This is crazy. Don't, don't twerk and make out, people. That's silly. It's silly. It's silly. I, um... I like, I mean, I've been out here for like a couple of days and it's cool. I, uh, I like it. I'm not driving, but it seems like you guys have an okay job parking here. Is that okay? Like, is that safe to say? No, not really. Maybe I'm staying where people park. You guys are mad at me right now. <laughs> um, I don't know. Like, like in Atlanta, it's like hard to park because there's like, but like sometimes you're like, there's helpful. Like we have these guys. I don't know if you guys have these guys. They're like, I don't think they work for the city, um, but they're always there to help you park. Do you guys have these guys? <laughs> you have... So you guys, some of you are familiar with crackheads. Awesome. Uh, somebody knows. We have a life. You want some? We have them. They're out there helping you park. One time I was at a show. 
I went to a show and this dude was like, he was trying to help me park and he was doing a great job of helping me park. But then like all of a sudden, this dude just starts yelling at me. Uh, and I don't know what he's saying, so I roll my window down halfway to hear what this man is saying. And um, every, wait, let me say before I continue, everybody knows not to roll your window all the way down on a crackhead. We know that, right? All right, just trying to help out. I roll my window down halfway and this is what a grown man is yelling at me, another grown man. Can't make this up. Uh, this dude just goes, uh, hey, you with the sexy mouth, when you get out of that car, won't you come in and holler at me? <laughs> what? <laughs> he called me a sexy mouth, people. Uh, oof. I never even heard those two words put together, sexy and mouth. That was weird. Her sexy eyes, sexy lips. I was, I was confused. I was like, first of all, sir, why not my whole face? Uh, you know what I mean? Like, it's a good looking day for me. I need you to recognize my eyelashes are on fleek. They are. They are. Um, let me just say this. That was my first time ever in life getting hollered at by a gentleman. And let me just say this, ladies. <laughs> my bad. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> Jesus Christ. So aggressive. Did not know that's what that felt like. My God. Ugh. Man, here's the worst part about that, right? Here's the worst part about that. Uh, I'm, I'm not a gay gentleman. However, I feel like I am like a solid seven if I were to be gay. And what, what I'm saying is like, I just felt like I was deserving of a much better holler than that. You ever, ladies, you ever that feeling like a dude hollering? Just, Ugh, how dare you? Like, you just wanted to walk away? Like, he didn't see all this sexy sevenness? Like, I didn't like that. I don't know. And I believe in order, man. You know what I mean? I believe in order. Like, you can't do that. So, like, what I did, because I believe in order, I rolled my window all the way down, and I just yelled at the dude, like, hey, hey, bro, don't, don't go chasing waterfalls, dude. <laughs> nah, you stick to the rivers and the lakes that you're used to. <laughs> if, you, uh, if you caught that reference, high five yourself. Yeah, you are either black or have black friends. That's awesome. <laughs> we gonna get along cool. Um, before I came out here, I got a, uh, I got a haircut because I wanted people to think I was somebody. Uh, I, did, I, go to a, I go to a black barbershop. Anybody here ever been to a black barbershop that's not black? And I got quiet real quick. <laughs> it's not even just black barbershop. All barbershops are very weird places. They're just very like hypersexual, like hypermasculine environments. You know what I mean? Like, they're not a place you want to take any woman that you care about or anybody that you care about because you're always going to hear some shit. <laughs> You know what I mean? Like one time my barber was cutting my hair and like a pregnant lady walked by the outside of the barbershop and like she was like real pregnant. You know what I mean? Like leave her alone pregnant. You know what I mean? And my barber stops cutting my hair to yell at this woman. God damn, I can't wait till she get unpregnant so I can tap that. Un unpregnant is what he said. He is making up words with sharp objects to my head. So get away from me, dude. Like, every time at the barbershop, you always hear just some crazy, like, wild stuff. Like, one time my barber posed a very weird question to the entire barbershop. This dude just goes, yo, 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 real quick, real quick, real quick. Question, question, question. Would you rather your son be gay or on crack? Exactly. Uh, I was like, ooh, please pick me. This would be the easiest pop quiz I'll ever take. No, he didn't pick me. He didn't pick me. He poked the dude to my left. He was like, what do you say? And that dude was like, shit, get my son crack. I was like, oh, no. <laughs> you failed. You failed the pop quiz. And it was open book. What are you doing? Ah, don't do that. And he picked another dude to my right. And he was like, what do you say? And that dude was like, get my son crack. And I'll be honest, guys. Both of them said it with such confidence that, like, for a split second, like, I thought crack had gotten better. <laughs> 
I was sitting there like, damn, good for crack. That's crazy. Like, the 80s was tough for crack, but, like, shit, I guess it got his act together. Like, I Googled, like, is crack a superfood? And Google was like... Google was like, are you on crack right now? No. So they pointed at me, they were like, what do you say, Dave? And I was like, seriously, we're gonna do gay or on crack, gentlemen? Like, have you guys taken a gander at either one of those communities? Uh, I don't know if you have, but uh, gay people have both front and backyards. Uh, yeah, they drive cars to work. Uh, you know what I mean? Like, all of which things people on crack don't do because uh, they're too busy doing crack. It is very time-consuming, I heard. <laughs> Weird. And I was like, I said, obviously, I said, obviously, these two options, obviously, I'd rather my son be gay. Like, obviously, like, I get it. I said, I get it. Like, if my son, like, I don't know where to do crack, I don't know, he might suck a dick for that crack. That's what I said. We're not the left that. We're not the left. I said that, but I say this. I stood before them as an artist. I said, if my son is going to suck a dick, I want him to suck that dick because he loves that dick. And not because of the poison. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I thought. I thought, I thought that, right? I thought that, I, I thought I changed hearts and minds. And I thought people were like, yeah, we, we get it. Nah, this is my barber says. He stops and looks at me, and he was like, hey, dog, what the fuck is a gander? And I was like, oh. I'm super, you said I'm pregnant earlier. Uh, before I got out of here, quick question. Do you guys like my haircut? Cool, cool, thank you, all right. Um, like, when I got this haircut, my homeboy said something very weird to me about my haircut. And to give you an idea, this homeboy, I told him I was performing out in L.A., and then he was just like, yo, yo, you perform in front of, like, a lot of white people, huh? And I was like, yeah, sometimes. He was like, yo, how, how you make white people laugh? <laughs> like, it's some kind of code that I crack or something? So I told him, I said, man, it's real easy to make white people laugh. What I like to do uh, before I get on stage is just tickle them all. And, uh... <laughs> It works every time. This same homeboy said this about my haircut. He was like, yo, yo, I like your haircut, but like, aren't you afraid to have that haircut? And I was like, I didn't even know people were afraid of haircuts. Uh, he was like, no, no, no. Like, aren't you afraid, like, with that cool ass haircut that like, like white people are gonna start petting you? <laughs> it's a very weird thing to say. We can agree, right? But then I started thinking about, like, I have a lot of women friends who have natural hairstyles, and I have these horror stories about white women going in their hair. And then, so I, like, I, you know what I mean? Like, I started to understand what you're saying. So what I'm here to say to you guys tonight, if any of you want to pet me after the show, go for it. Uh, go for it. Yeah, because, I'm be honest, like, I'm, I'm very cute. I get it. You know what I mean? Also, I put, like, coconut oil in my hair. That's like a birthday cake. Like, I understand. I understand the desire. I do. Um, also, I say you should pet me. I'm be honest. Uh, what I've learned in my 29 years of living now is that uh, white people will protect shit that they can pet. So <laughs> I'm just trying to be safe. Anyway, guys, that is my time. My name is Dave Perdue. All right, David, everyone. All right. Are you ready for your final performer of the evening, everyone? You've seen him on TV. He's super funny, everyone. Please welcome Alignan Mitra. Um, so, do you like LA? I'm getting used to it. Uh, I hadn't, because of the writing, I haven't been able to perform stand up as much. So, right. uh, it's a different life. But uh, yeah, yeah. There, there are things about LA that seem very nice. Yeah. Where are you living? 
I'm living a little west of Koreatown. Okay. Larchmont. Come visit me. Larchmont. Salt and straw? Oh, everybody says that, and I, I've walked by it. Salt and Straw is an ice cream store that yeah. uh, has they like they love like the this the super salty sweet combination. Okay. Like there's always like around Thanksgiving I went and they had a uh, they had a turkey skin. Hmm. They had like a they had like a turkey dinner flavor, which was like they made a brittle out of turkey skin. Mm-hmm. Which was a little intense, mm-hmm. uh, but it ended up being pretty good. It was pretty good, and there was a goat. Che- I think there was goat cheese in there too. Yeah, people. But I love shit like that, you know. Yeah, people speak very highly of this <laughs> uh, salt and straw store, even if it's just for the novelty. Yeah, I enjoy like challenging my palate uh-huh. when it comes to when it comes to ice cream. Well, I've heard it's. I mean, it, it's not even. The challenge, as much as it's very delicious, people have said it's like the best ice cream. Well, I think that's an, not. I think that's dishonest. Too. But uh, I mean, it's the not the best only in so far as like there, if you try one of the one of the uh, the kind of the weirdo flavors, it's not going to be like when I got the the turkey thing. It was like yeah. this is fine. I mean, I, yeah. I wouldn't like. Yeah. Go out of. I wouldn't give this to my kid or something, but it's still it's still good. You, you know? would only give your kid the best. I would ice only cream. give my kid the finest ice cream. Yeah. Um, so it's great. So you're in New York, and now you're here. Mm-hmm. Do you think you're going to go back to New York when you're done with this job? Or uh, I'll feel it out. I think I think it'll be good to get back to these because my family's there. So sure. if not for the entire time, at least for a little while, I'll get back to the East Coast. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but we'll see. Yeah. Yeah. How'd you feel about your set tonight? Since they, they, since the listening audience will not be hearing oh, your yeah, set. That's right. You guys can't hear it. It was so funny. It was so good. Was groundbreaking material. <laughs> Everybody stood up afterwards. I was. I was you not got. Expecting you got that. the the first and only standing ovation I've ever seen. Yeah, mid set. That was I so know. bizarre. I know, and it lasted throughout the entire duration. I couldn't of even do my yeah. whole set because yeah. of that. Um, that's the primary reason why it's not on this podcast. Right. right. People would just be listening to standing. No, it was. They were such a good crowd. I, were, I was yeah, just like working great. newer stuff out, and I'm always paranoid about getting that stuff out before I have mm-hmm. it done a little mm-hmm. bit. No, I. I know what you mean. Yeah, I, think, uh, I don't know. Are you I get, I get, with that? I get no. I get very in my head whenever I do a show about like, oh, has someone will someone remember that I did the same joke? Mm-hmm. This is like the only show where I, I want to preface that I'm like, well, doing some of the same stuff you heard last time, guys. Yeah, uh, but I don't think I don't think people. You'll care that much. I mean, like, I, I've done, I remember I would do shows in, uh, like, when I, when I lived in New York, which is where a lot of your friends will watch you perform and everything. And then every once in a while, you would have, like, a good friend. Mm-hmm. You would do a set, and your good friend would be like, man, I love your new stuff. And you're thinking, like, I've been doing that for three years. <laughs> like, that, like, most of that set I've been doing for a year at least. Yeah. Uh, and so I, I feel like most people don't truly keep track. Yeah, yeah. There's, it's not. It's not that like people are gonna be like, oh, I've heard this before. It's more like it's unfinished, and so and especially if it's topics that might be a little bit, I don't know. Uh, my stuff is can like border into. Some let me let me explain. A lot of abortion. A lot of abortion. Uh, a lot of racism. Lot of racism. And, and you and you do. And you, I was gonna say you take a pro-racist <laughs> approach. Yeah. It's very, which is very atypical for a yeah, comedian. That's why it was so weird when they stood up for that. Right. Yeah. I know. It's so strange. <laughs> like finally, somebody's. I was a, I was a bit surprised as well. Yeah. Uh, well, thank you so much for doing the podcast uh, and for, for being here. And it's great to see you, man. Guys, a lingon, a lingon. Um, everyone, that's the show. Thank you so much for coming out. Uh, 
exit out, I guess, this way. And uh, that's it. All right, thanks, everyone. Put your hands together. 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 Get ready to laugh. Put your hands together. Put your hands together. Get ready to clap. Put your hands together. Put your hands together. This is Arnie Niekamp from the Improv Fantasy Podcast, Hello from the Magic Tavern. I fell through a dimensional portal behind a Burger King in Chicago into the magical land of Foon, and I started a podcast. Season three has just begun with a brand new adventure to defeat the Dark Lord. If you're a new listener or you've fallen behind, season three is a great jumping on point. And we've got great guests like Justin McElroy. I sound like a fancy college professor. Fake nuts. <laughs> Rachel Bloom. You all see my collection of men corpses and one woman. Felicia Day and Colton Dunn. You've seen <coughs> me have intercourse with a variety of species. It's a bummer. Andy Daly. You have the members of Genesis listed, but Phil Collins yeah. has crossed out and then circled and crossed out again. Uh, yes, I have killed Phil Collins twice. Thomas Middleditch. <laughs> oh, Jesus. I mean, Jazos. <laughs> Ruler of the Eighth Circle. And that's just the beginning. Season three of Hello from the Magic Tavern is out now. Listen in Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.